0: This podcast has been brought to you with the support of Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. With a Wise account, you can send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Whether you're traveling through Asia, freelancing in France, or buying that dream property in Oz, Wise is the easy way to connect all your finances internationally. You can even send money home to Mum in Minutes. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com.
1: Kielda, I'm Chelsea Daniels and this is a bonus episode of The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. News Hub, the news brand under three is due to close in June. The shocking news was delivered to staff earlier today, with many of them now expected to lose their jobs. So, what led to the end of a news brand that has been around in various forms since 1989? And does this speak to a broader worry about the local industry? Today on the front page, media insider and editor-at-large Shane Curry joins us to discuss the tragic end of another major news giant. How out of the blue is this announcement?
0: The actual announcement is uh, shocking and uh, surprising, but the writing had been on the wall for some time that New Zealand media companies generally, and not just NewsHub and not just Warner Brothers Discovery, had been warning uh, of the challenging economic headwinds. Less than two weeks ago, in fact, Warner Brothers Discovery was before the select committee in parliament, absolutely talking about the importance of uh, media plurality and supporting the fear digital news bargaining bill. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, and word was seeping out late on Tuesday night that there was to be a big meeting at News Hub on Wednesday morning. I I got up very early just to work the phones and work the sources on Wednesday and it was clear that while there was a staff meeting scheduled for 11, many people thought it was just a regular town hall meeting, a staff update. The big boss from APAC was in town but it With an hour to go before that meeting, around 10 o'clock, the invitation changed and the language became uh, a lot more serious. It said everyone had to be at the meeting and that their futures, uh, unfortunately, were likely to be impacted.
1: Is it surprising that they're getting rid of it all and not just doing a full restructure and I guess having some kind of skeleton crew keeping that
0: newsroom going? In the days to come, we'll hear more about some of the packages, I guess, that they looked at in the last few weeks and months. It was interesting, Glenn Kine didn't actually appear himself before the select committee two weeks ago. He was uh, in a board meeting himself and I suspect for many weeks now, the executives have been scrambling to you know uncover a rescue package, perhaps talking to other local media companies about what? they could do. But if you remember uh, the stuff situation, what, three years ago, uh, where Sinead Boucher bought stuff for $1 from the, its Australian parent company at that time. So whether situations like that or scenarios like that were explored, we'll find out uh, for sure in the coming days. But certainly it's very shocking that you know a sudden closure or a proposal of June 30 is, is unfolded in this fashion.
1: What are some of the details of the closure? When is it happening? Uh, how many staff are set to lose their jobs, say? And will there be any remaining news operations? In all, how many staff are affected?
0: Yeah, so there's up to 300 staff that are set to lose their jobs, and some of those those people are, a, are our biggest broadcasting talent. And you know, 3, which started, TV3 started way back in 1989 as the upstart. You know, it's always been considered the, the sparky competitor against the state broadcaster TVNZ. It's been responsible for a breeding ground for some of our biggest broadcasting names. You think of John Campbell, uh, Hilary Barry, uh, now Mike McRoberts and Samantha Hayes, Paddy Gower, Ryan Bridge. These are huge names in broadcasting, and some of them have gone on um, to, as I say, the state broadcaster and others have remained at TV3 for m- many years. But we think up to 300 at this point. That number hasn't been confirmed. They go into consultation now for two to three weeks. Uh, final decision, uh, I wouldn't expect it to be any different uh, than what than what we've heard today and that would see um, News Hub closing up shop from June 30. In terms of what is left, basically entertainment programming from overseas on TV3 and, and other channels, it would become a much more digitally focused channel, the linear TV channel channel stay for now, although the future of those are uncertain, uh, you know longer term. But certainly the company has signalled that 3Now becomes the core of its uh, offering. And any New Zealand programming, whether that's the likes of a Paddy Gower documentary uh, or any other news shows, would have to be funded by New Zealand On Air in order to get over the line.
1: And does it mean the AM show's now scrapped as well?
0: It does. So all of the main news programming is going. That includes the 6 o'clock TV news, which still draws more than 200,000 viewers a night. It's still, you know, wildly popular. The new Brian Bridge show that never got out of the blocks. Uh, So that was in planning and kept getting pushed back and pushed back. Uh, Paddy Gower has issues, that's gone. What we're left with is a menu of international reality type shows, Married at First Sight Australia, um, Below Deck, all those kind of shows which which, um, uh, proliferate around the digital channels mainly at the moment. Thinking of all of our colleagues at the moment.
1: What's planned for the rest of the day?
0: Have a few drinks. Got
1: a new show to put out. It's pretty grim in there. I just think everybody's trying to take it a step at a time and we're all just gonna do it together and it's an amazing team and everyone's just been working really hard over the last couple of months and I think we'll just continue to do the same. You mentioned before that Threes had a history of being um, a, an underdog, I guess, and has been kind of rocky since its inception, uh, famously nearly going under multiple times and has been passed around between different owners. Uh, why has the channel always kind of struggled to make a dent in the market, do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, you are competing against ultimately a government-owned uh, state broadcaster. And TVNZ, while it does operate commercially, it's a state-owned enterprise and it, it's competing for commercial dollars as much as. NZME and stuff and indeed News Hub but what David Seymour has raised interestingly this week is whether or not there has been an an uneven playing field for TVNZ and it hasn't had to return a dividend to its owner, us, the taxpayer. So has that given TVNZ a slightly unfair advantage in the market over TV3? So that's something to be looked at. However, uh, yeah, from ni- since 1989, most certainly TV3's been the, the, the scrappy underdog. It's gone through multiple different ownerships. It's been in debt to the government. It's been in debt to its private owners. It made a $35 million loss in 2022. That followed on from a t- $21 million loss in 2021. So you can see that an overseas owner, even in the scale of a Warner Brothers Discovery, isn't going to want to sustain losses like that for too long, especially a news organisation at the bottom of the world.
1: You mentioned um, different owners, and Three is currently owned by the multimedia car US conglomerate Warner Brothers Discovery, of course. The same company that produces movies like, you say, Barbie, and they killed off the Batgirl movie, I remember as well, (laughs) uh, after it was filmed just for tax reasons. So is is there always an element of risk, I guess, uh, in these big overseas players entering our local market and kind of carrying maybe about their profit margin rather than the New Zealand market as
0: a whole? Well, they didn't even have a profit in New Zealand. And that, I guess, is the key point. It's a loss-making situation. They certainly don't care about news. News is really expensive to produce. Uh, We've got some of the most talented broadcasters and journalists who have lost jobs as a result of this decision. Uh, But ultimately, it's a business decision. And as I say, news, tens of millions of dollars a year that newsroom would have cost to um, operate. And ultimately, uh, it's really hard at the moment with the economic headwinds and a lot of other factors at play. And that includes... The Facebooks and the Googles of the world taking 90 cents of every $1 in digital advertising out of this country uh, for a a news operator to survive, let alone one that's owned by an international conglomerate, which in effect doesn't have that much news under its channels. I mean, it, it has CNN for sure, but ultimately Warner Brothers Discovery is really focused on profitable entertainment ventures. The cost to us as a country is a lack of plurality now. We have one TV channel left. It's owned by the government. It's a commercial operator, sure. But, you know, if you want to watch television news now at six o'clock, you've only got one option.
1: Shane, first it was Bauer, then Today FM, and now, of course, News Hub. Should we be concerned about the future of journalism in New Zealand?
0: There's still, as I call them, green shoots for us. There's still reasons to be optimistic. It's a dark day for us in the media industry. Uh, there are, well, I can count them on one hand, uh, a handful of companies that are still doing well, but there are others that are also in similarly dire financial situations. I've written about this quite a lot over the last twelve months for the media column, but you only need, you don't need to look too far to see. You know, MediaWorks, for example, had a bit of big impairment. Um, they were 130 million dollars in the red last year. Uh, you know, they, the trading, the and trade. Um, profitably, as we all are. Uh, NZME announced its result last week. Still profitable uh, and, relatively speaking, going well. Sky had a good result. So Sky, NZME, RNZ and TVNZ obviously owned ultimately by the public and so there's a backstop there. But what we're talking about here is ensuring that there is that media plurality, that what we can't get to is having a media landscape in New Zealand where the only two companies left are owned by the public. Uh, What was quite obvious to me is that Warner Brothers Discovery is one of the largest global media companies in the world, twenty billion dollars I think is what it's worth, Uh, and as a result they couldn't make that business model work, and so they're having to face up to declining advertising revenues, also changing consumer habits, and that's why they've come to the decision they have. If they can't work though, if they can't, if they can't make it work, who can? Uh, Well, I mean, you've got to continue to innovate like every other business does to try and find innovative business models to be able to make uh, businesses like that stack up
1: will the government need to get involved? They don't have to, but should they?
0: I don't think it's the government's responsibility to bail out media companies, but I certainly see it as their responsibility to look at the regulatory landscape and the landscape generally to ensure that it is a fair and even playing field. So that means looking at the taxes that Facebook pays, that Google pays, making sure that Facebook and Google are are actually paying for some of the content, and that includes journalism, Uh, that is driving their business model. Right now, those two companies hire precisely zero journalists yet make billions.
1: And you mentioned before as well uh, the amazing and talented people that NewsHub had within their newsrooms. Um, Not only the the big names, I guess, but a lot of up-and-coming journalists as well. Uh, Where are they going to go, do you reckon? Uh, Is there anywhere other than uh, overseas where they can go?
0: That's a really good question. I'm just, you know, as I say, I'm looking at the the situation at the moment with all the other companies and they've all been in cost-cutting mode with the exception of RNZ which had the budget boost under the previous Labour government. And RNZ has actually been going on um, a relatively small kind of hiring kind of run at the moment, uh, getting a lot of people from Stuff, which is interesting because their former um, news director from Stuff now runs RNZ's newsroom, that's Mark, Mark Stevens. However, every other media company has been in really careful and tight cost cutting control. So if this had happened uh, on any other occasion, even five or 10 years ago, you know, you would expect that a Paddy Gower or a a Ryan Bridge, uh, some of those other big names would end up pretty quickly with jobs in other media organisations. I think it's going to be a lot tougher this time around.
1: Thanks for joining us, Shane. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Ethan Seals with sound engineer Paddy Fox. I'm Chelsea Daniels. Subscribe to The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts and tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.